Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by T-Rex Solutions. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're talking about a systems integration success story behind the U.S. Census Bureau's modernization initiatives and some potential lessons for other federal agencies. Our guest today is Jason Keplinger, Chief Technology Officer with T-Rex Solutions. Jason has over 20 years of IT experience in systems architecture, software, and integration. For the last three years, he led the systems migration and DevSecOps implementation for the U.S. Census Bureau at T-Rex Solutions. Jason, welcome to the program. It's great to be here and be able to talk about the Census Bureau project. So, Jason, having worked on this project for a little over two years, can you describe, first of all, the size, scale, and complexity of this integration project with the Census Bureau when you walked into the project? First is the size and complexity that we're talking about. Um, It includes over 200 field sites, 400,000 enumerators walking around with handheld devices, and the first internet response in the U.S. This started with us orchestrating over 52 systems, to meet the operations, and there's over 18 operations associated with the 2020 census. Uh, This included over 400 product-level ATOs to ensure that those systems were secure and the response data was protected. Also, an internet response system, which is the first internet response system that happened in the U.S., uh, which needed to scale to accommodate over 600,000 concurrent users, which is a lot of users at one point in time, 24 by 7, we were able to keep that system up. A second factor is really the short period of time, like you talked about. The census had to move quickly to modernize scale and protect its IT infrastructure to achieve the cost and process efficiencies for 2020. Previously, in 2010, this was primarily a paper-based approach, and now we have more channels in the 2020 census than in 2010. You can use the phone, um, internet, the handheld device, which the enumerator is coming to the door with, or paper. So there's a lot more channels and a lot more technology involved in the 2020 census. Census was one of the first to modernize by leveraging cloud technologies to host and run their mission-critical applications. I'd say the third factor of size, scale, and complexity is really the technical integrator model, which is an innovative model that Census created. It helps orchestrate a diverse set of stakeholders and systems and vendors across the Census Bureau, those 52 systems. It took a lot of cooperation, governance, and agile planning in order to make sure that those systems were working for the operations of the Census Bureau. The technical integrated contract goes from development and system engineering all the way to the back end of the process, going through integration, the performance testing, and all the way into deployment into operations and building the infrastructure and securing that infrastructure. So a fairly large, broad contract. Um, we had to hire over 300 people in less than six months to make sure that we can meet the objectives of the Census Bureau. Um, census created this groundbreaking technical integrator approach, which is a model for successful migrating programs going forward. Sounds like a monumental undertaking. So given the multitude of systems and applications and systems owners, what was the vision for developing a robust DevSecOps approach and what had to be put in place to ensure it delivered the agility and security that the Census Bureau needed? Uh, Yeah, I would totally agree. DevSecOps is very key to making sure that you can meet the schedule and also secure your systems in a proper way. Um, because of the short time frame and size, we had to take an innovative approach to making sure that um, system teams onboarded onto that DevSecOps platform very quickly. Uh, we originally tried a survey approach where we went out to the teams and tried to give them surveys and figure out where they're at, but this didn't really create that two-way communication 
that you really need to make sure that you're doing the right things to onboard a team quickly into the, an environment like that. So we took an innovative approach of embedding ourselves with each of those system teams. This included being in their daily scrums, working sessions, and sometimes even sitting with those teams and working with them hands-on. Uh, this set the groundwork for really building a collaborative and trusting relationship with those teams so that we could move forward quickly. We also took a targeted automation approach where we really looked at the return on investment and high value targets for getting that automation and that DevSecOps platform in place first. And by embedding those automation engineers, we were able to kickstart the automation a lot faster and get that knowledge transfer with those system teams working a lot faster. One of the key examples of this was the internet response system, which is the key to collecting data in 2020. We automated infrastructure and security and application deployments. That helped us improve the delivery and reduce defects. For example, on the platform deployments, we were able to go from almost eight days on average before to under two hours for deployment. Uh, we also utilized serverless and microservice designs to keep the application up 24 by 7, using some of those inherent things in the cloud to keep the application up so that especially when you're collecting response data from the public, you want it up 24 by 7. So when you patched, you want to be able to roll that patch into the environment. And these were key to that. I would say the final thing in that was really the contain and sustain approach where we were able to automate containing issues within the system, and be able to spin up new instances to make sure that that workload was continued and you didn't have any break as far as the workload is concerned. So those are really the key things that I would say is targeting automation, embedding the team, and really automate it as much as possible. I'm curious, the U.S. Census Bureau really had a very strict delivery date and really left very little room for setbacks or delays in the project. So what was needed to ensure the success of the operation with all the players and people involved? That's key too. Like you said, is with the 2020 census, it only comes around every 10 years. And you have to look at getting the response data in and getting that report to the president very quickly. So we had to keep on track and make sure with the Census Bureau help to make sure that we're, we're meeting those operational needs. I would say key to that is really program governance was critical. Identifying risks early and making sure that you have mitigations in place for those risks. And the Census Bureau was very good about this, helping us identify them and make sure that we are addressing those risks very quickly. Establishing a framework also that allowed us to orchestrate the 52 systems, horizontally integrating that group together to make sure we're meeting the mission, making sure that you have the right stakeholders in place and involved throughout the process, and speed of decision-making was very key. This was all orchestrated, like I said, through a framework, and that framework that was put in place was really a tailored version of the safe, agile framework that we put in place within the Census Bureau that helped us meet those needs. It included involvement of decision-making at the lower levels, making sure that the product owners and product managers had the ability to make decisions and keep those projects moving along and removing barriers very quickly. We also changed the focus to operationally focused release trainings within the SAFE framework, really focusing on those 18 operations, making sure the system teams that were involved in those understood where they're headed and started working together from the development phase and continue to work together through the operational phase. So they learned how to work together, learned common languages, to work together throughout the process during that release train and get that into operations. We also automated approval processes as much as possible so you didn't have to wait for a meeting to do a deployment or be able to move something forward. So I think the key to this is really across 52 systems, 18 with concurrent release trains, and a tight schedule, really putting that framework in place like a scale to agile framework that's flexible, that can move forward very quickly and make decisions at, at the right levels. 
As you think back on this project, what are some best practices that you and your team and those involved in the project learned that you can share with other government agencies when it comes to integrating their systems and applications? It's a great question. And I think the only way you could really learn these lessons and best practices is really to have gone through it in some cases and really executing a large scale program of the size, scale and complexity that we're talking about that the census put together with the technical integrator in the 2020 census. One thing I think you really have to understand first is that it's not just a technology change, but it's also a cultural change. And that's one thing that you have to take into account as you're going into that process and making sure that you put things in place that you're taking care of the culture and, and technology both. So how do you do that? First, what I would say is getting a common understanding and terminology. And this sounds simple, but of course, when you're working across 52 systems, 18 release trains, you want to make sure that you're using the same terminology from a business process perspective, terms, and data. One of the key areas that we put together for the census on the data side was the master data repository and the interface control documents. By automating that process and being able to match your interface documents to your master data repository and also being able to match those interfaces together in an automated fashion, and by using common terminology throughout your data, you're able to make sure that you're not losing data as it transverse the systems and avoiding those issues before you even get the test. So this helps you figure out how data travels in your system, where it resides, and this will help you as you get into securing that data. Second, I would say is really a flexible roadmap, and I'm really mean flexible, is being able to move and change as risks occur, and being able to change your roadmap as you go along. We developed a deployment architecture, which based on some criteria, decision matrix matrix, which targeted landing zones for each of those systems, determining on where they would need to go, and make sure that we were gonna be there at the right times for those operations. So laying out that flexible roadmap so that you can see how things were going to come together um, across these multiple systems. Third, and I think the most important is really the knowledge transfer, improving your operational readiness and maintenance. We worked with KBAs or knowledge-based article approach, which resulted in over 500 KBAs that we put together, which we're using to help our help desk engineers solve problems faster. And that really starts at the beginning, your system engineering architecture, putting KDAs even together at that level and going through your test development and into your operations team so that you're not learning the same lesson twice. If a tester finds something, they can put it in a KDA, provide that to your help desk and make sure that you're addressing those problems a lot faster and a lot easier since you've learned that problem already. I think it's important for agencies when they're contemplating enterprise modernization, pick a partner, a teammate that can help with those experiences and drive innovation. Finally, what would you say are some of the ingredients for success when it comes to coordinating so many companies and cultivating an agile DevSecOps integration project like this one? First is to establish the framework. You need to make sure that everybody can use that framework. We use the common framework between our on-prem environment and our cloud environment so that as you move workloads between on-prem and into the cloud, they are very familiar with that environment, making sure that they already understood the DevSecOps pipeline and it's just the same thing as they move into that new environment. Standardizing those tools, data automation, and giving access to all teams to those and being able to provide what services available, what services they can use, what services they may pass up at first and then use later on down the road. Our model emphasizes maximizing automation and development, but also in test execution and vulnerability management. So you can't forget the sec side of the DevSecOps approach especially in the vulnerability management side, where you can, as soon as you spin up new instances, you can scan those instances and make sure that they meet your security baseline. Second is really a solid security architecture. 
making sure that it's proactive, not just a passive approach anymore. This is really where active cyber defense comes into play. The Census Bureau, we put in place threat modeling so that you can tailor your approach to, to the agency threats and not just address threats in general, but also look at what threats are specific to that environment and making sure you're tailoring the tools and your tuning to those threats. Making sure that you scaled out your identity and access management and also looking at your data protection like we talked about earlier, is making sure you're mapping your data ahead of time so that you know where you need to protect it, how that data flows, and how you can protect and tune the tools for that data. And finally, making sure that you have a robust continuous monitoring to keep those systems safe. It's a real privilege to say that we have built, secured, and integrated one of the largest mission-critical systems for the federal government. And at the end of the day, that's what T-Rex is all about, relentlessly driving innovation to help the government achieve its mission. And it's definitely possible with T-Rex. Really appreciate your sharing that story and certainly one that uh, illustrates that it is possible for government agencies to tackle big integration projects under tight deadlines and actually get the job done. I wish we had a little bit more time, but I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, Jason Keplinger, thanks for joining us to talk about the ingredients for fostering a successful systems integration and DevSecOps initiative. And thanks to T-Rex Solutions for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage of IT modernization in government on fedsgroup.com and our FedScoop radio channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash, your host. Thanks for tuning in.